of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Welcome to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST. Broadcasting from the Hoppy Kerchival Building in Martinsburg. And it is Panhandle Live for this ninth day of January, 2024. Broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building here in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Panhandle Live is driven by Country Roads Tyronado. We'll tell you a little bit more about them on, later on in the show because we had to take a little... Uh, little pilgrimage to Country Roads Tyronado yesterday. Had an incident with a station vehicle. Uh, we won't bore our first guest with the details, but we will talk about that a little bit later on in the show. We're also going to update you on uh, some of the traffic in the area because, of course, it is a, a, a certainly a frigid morning, and we're already a little on edge, Marsha, because of a rather detailed description from Fox News there about Good how gracious. many dogs are eaten yeah. in South Korea every and day. moving on. What, you know, a, what a way to start the show. Some of us are having our Cheerios whenever those <laughs> newscasts come on. Uh, so joining us, uh, you know, speaking of the, the mean roads around here, uh, trying to get here from Morgantown this morning, and because of the weather, uh, it kind of had other plans. Secretary of State Mac Warner it was going to be here in person along with his field representative, Lee Dean, who you may remember does a mean Elvis impersonation. Uh, they were going to be in studio with us. We were really looking forward to that, but we're happy that you're safe. Well, we are out here on I-68, and it is ugly. We're giving you a firsthand account. We've probably passed a dozen cars that have been uh, wrecked. A couple tractor trailers held us up for more than an hour. They got tangled up together. Uh, so if anybody's traveling on 68, I'd reroute yourself if you could or just stay at home until they get it cleaned up. Good gracious. And not only is it the bad weather, but you guys are, you know, the snow and the sleet and all of that, but there's going to be wind today. We're going to have uh, torrential flooding. So uh, quite a week. But uh, your good intentions were to be in the panhandle to promote some things because election season is in full swing with candidate filings and all kinds of exciting things. So uh, hit us with it. It is. That's uh, what we're doing is getting out and talking to people. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to speak uh, here on your show. Uh, yesterday was the first day of filing for official, uh, the official filing for candidates to run for the various offices. In my office alone there in Charleston, we had over 140 people that uh, signed up uh, for, for various offices. And you have until January 27th, that's Saturday uh, the 27th at midnight, uh, we've got three offices, my office in Charleston, there's one in Clarksburg, and then one there in Martinsburg, and it will be open from 9 a.m. until midnight on the 27th. Uh, but I encourage people, if they're thinking about running for office, go ahead and do that now. Don't wait for the, the, rat, the rush. There's usually a rush on the first day and the last day. Uh, but do it right now while you're thinking about it. And uh, the process is to go in and get the uh, form notarized. You pay your fee. It's a 1% of whatever the office is that you're running for, whatever that salary is. And uh, that's for the official candidates. We're also encouraging people to check the registrations, make sure that you're registered in the party that you want to be, uh, to, to vote in for the primary. We're encouraging people to sign up for poll workers. And all of this information is available at the GoVoteWV.com website, GoVoteWV.com. 
So our guest this morning is West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner. Uh, you know, obviously, you you uh, have probably had a chance to file uh, your pre your candidacy uh, paperwork as well. Am I right? I did. I guess at eight o'clock in the morning, I signed up uh, to run for governor. And uh, one, I just wanted to get out of the way so we could get out here and talk to folks uh, throughout the state. But it also allowed us to just work out the kinks there in the office to make sure everything the computers were working properly to get receipts. Uh, it, we did have a situation where our uh, finance clerk uh, had car problems herself, and so we had to get an alternate. And I mention that because we have that situation with poll workers. Uh, one year we had a, a poll worker who actually delivered a baby the night before the election, so of course she couldn't make it. We needed we need alternate, uh, alternates ready to go, and that's why we talk about the poll worker recruitment right now. The clerks then will do poll worker training. Uh, we talk about volunteers, but it's actually a paid position. And uh, I think Berkeley County probably has the highest pay uh, for poll workers throughout the state. So uh, take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, the poll worker, or the uh, clerks will love it if you sign up. And you do that one of three ways. You can go through your county executive committee, Republican or Democrat executive committee. You can go to the county clerk, or you can come to our website, go through the Secretary of State's office, provide us the information, and we'll get that to the clerks. Well, Secretary of State Mac Warner is our guest this morning, and I know you've made this point several times, sir, but if, if you wouldn't mind making it again, you know, this is uh, uh, obviously uh, a series of election cycles that have put a lot of doubts in the American people's mind. There's no surer way to shore up the security of an election to go and uh, work the polls yourself. You've made the point right there. If you have concerns about the elections, go be a poll worker, and you will see that the machines are not connected to the Internet. You will see the chain of custody. You'll see how we tabulate and we do the audit uh, of the uh, of the ballots. There are paper ballots in West Virginia, voter verified paper ballots, and all of that comes to a head there at the precinct, at the precinct level. And so, if somebody wants to has doubts, go work at the polls. You'll see it, and then you'll become an advocate for the safe, fair, transparent elections that we have in West Virginia. We are a model for the rest of the country. I've been asked to testify in front of Congress four times now about the success we have, how we're able to give results on election night, uh, the security that we have, the clean voter rolls we've gotten. So West Virginia has it going on, and uh, I encourage people to be a part of it. Our guest this morning is West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner calling us from a snowy roadside uh, somewhere in I-68. <laughs> uh, wanted to ask you, too, because, you know, we've, we talked to your office uh, multiple times during election cycles, and one of them, of course, the one that was impacted most by the pandemic, uh, wherein folks had a little more leeway as far as uh, mail-in balloting. Uh, what, Where does that mail-in, absentee, all of that stand this year for West Virginia voters? Well, we have actually returned pretty much to the way things were prior to the 2020 election. That was an aberration. You may recall the governor even moved the date of that primary election, uh, which uh, unusual that was. Uh, and what happened then was because of COVID, the attorney general had given the opinion that everybody had a medical excuse to vote absentee. That's That was the change. But right now, uh, if you want to vote absentee, the legislature has given us 11 reasons to vote absentee. You have to check one of those blocks. That can be verified. You know, if you're out of country serving you know, in the military or in, you'll be in the hospital or out of state on business, and those can be verified. So 
West Virginia is not a no-excuse absentee voting. You have to have a legitimate reason to vote absentee. And by the way, you can file for that right now. You can apply for an absentee ballot right now. That started on January 1st. So if you know you're going to be out of town on May 14th, you can apply through the county clerk and get that uh, absentee. But uh, that's the process. And typically, prior to 2020, we only had about 7,000 absentee ballots throughout the entire state. Uh, During uh, the pandemic, we went up to over 100,000, but that has come back down. I think we're now in the 12, 13,000 range the last time, the last election. So we've returned to the historic levels, which are typically pretty low. West Virginia voters like to vote in person on election day uh, at the local precinct, or a number of people take advantage of that early voting. And early voting will occur in West Virginia May 1st through May 11th. Um, there's a deadline of April 23rd if you want to change your registration or if you just moved to the state and want to register for the first time, you do need to do that by April 23rd. Our guest this morning, West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner, wanted you to uh, put your candidate hat on for just a moment. Of course, uh, West Virginia Governor Jim Justice is giving his uh, State of the State address this week ahead of the general session. Um, you know, what would your goals be if you were uh, kind of laying out a roadmap uh, for the state tomorrow? Well, I am, I'm not going to try to predict what Jim Justice is going to do. But what I would do, I, I, I intend to be the education uh, governor I think everything starts with education, and we've been at the bottom of the list nationally for far too long. So it's time to give teachers the respect that they're due, allow them uh, to take care of the discipline problems. That's what I hear throughout the state, uh, that that there's that problem, uh, child or situation, and that detracts from educating the other students. Teachers simply want to be able to instruct students without uh, those kinds of issues. So we have to address that sort of thing. We have to bring the parents into the process. We have to focus on the students, give the students the the choices. We need to emphasize uh, career technical uh, opportunities. Not everybody is designed to go to college, so we've got to make sure that all aspects of our society have equal opportunities, good opportunities for uh, education, and uh, that's emphasis. And I think, again, I give credit to our legislature. They have focused on those first three years of education. That's when you're learning to read. After that, you're reading to learn. So if you haven't learned by third grade to read, uh, that's why this emphasis of having assistance in the classrooms, I think it's the right move. The legislature's already done that. We're in the process of implementing that. Um, so it's a, a full range of, of things, from pay to benefits, but it's really the respect in the classrooms teachers are looking for, the involvement of parents, parents have a say in what the students want. If you get the children educated, then we're ready for a work-ready workforce. You hear about the labor participation and so forth in West Virginia. We have to have people educated so they can fill these wonderful jobs, these great announcements of companies coming in the state, but they're looking for workers. Those workers have to be educated to fill those slots. So that's a long answer to your question, but education is going to be my focus. Absolutely. And our guest this morning has been West Virginia Secretary of State, Mac Warner. And, uh, uh, sir, safe travels on the roads as you make it out here to the Eastern Panhandle. And we really appreciate you giving us the time this morning. Absolutely. Great being on with you. Thanks. Take right. care. Thank you, sir. You've got a break to take. We'll get to our next guest on the other side. You're listening to Panhandle Live. We're talking about the issues that matter most to you. Now, back to Panhandle Live. 
Welcome back inside the Hoppy Kirchville building. Panhandle Live is driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville online too at countryroadstire.com today. Like I said, stay tuned for the riveting story uh, about what happened <laughs> to the station vehicle yesterday. We'll get to that in the next segment. Sure, folks are waiting with bated breath. I'm sure they are, but yeah. uh, we, we, we're going to have to have you hold off a few more minutes before we tell that story Okay. Uh, because our next guest, Marsha, of course, is joining us via phone. Let me tee that up. A couple months ago uh, when I got to know one Paul Johansson, uh, entrepreneur extraordinaire in Berkeley Springs, I thought, what a neat idea because he knows some folks I don't know to have him broker some great interviews. And so uh, today uh, is, is uh, an embarkation onto that journey. And uh, joining him is Reverend Bob Emmerich. Welcome into both of you. Thank you. Hello, that's Reverend Bob, and hello, Marsha. Hello, Luke. <laughs> well, hey. Um, so, uh, how's the weather over there? First of all. Oh yeah, yeah. I already, I already uh, appraised Luke that I'm uh, about 15 minutes behind. I look out the hill, and what was on the weather report wasn't identical to uh, what was on the ground. So. Mm. Rather than have Reverend Bob try to make it up our hill in his car, slide back down and hurt himself, which would I, which would be bad karma, I believe, the way I put it, uh, we just, I decided it was better to walk to his place. By the way, I should say Morgan County Sheriff Casey Bohr just texted in, roads are awful. This is from yeah. the sheriff. Roads are awful in MoCo. <laughs> <laughs> Courthouse on two-hour delay. Stay off roads or use caution until it changes. Not my words. That's the sheriff. Multiple crashes everywhere. So, so now you know. Morgan yeah. County Sheriff Casey Boer says roads are awful. It's, stay uh, yeah, All stay right. home. Don't, don't commit any crimes. Stay at home today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crime should take a holiday. Um, so I was looking up a little bit of information, and unless Google led me astray, uh, Reverend Bob is, is an, uh, an author also. So uh, let's talk about your, your life philosophy. And, uh, and one of the books that I saw that you um, are credited with, in, uh, Finding Solid Ground in Politics, the Economy, and Jesus' Teaching. Is that you? That's me. That's <laughs> the one. So um, talk about that philosophy. How does that come about? Well, it all started about the year 2011, or was it 18? No, uh, 2011. Uh, as a minister in Brooklyn, I realized it was sort of during a, a presidential campaign, and I realized that the experts were disagreeing with each other, and I didn't think that any of them were making sense. So I thought as a pastor, I should at least find out some, see if I could find some dependable information for people to use. And that culminated in the writing of the book about uh, politics, and the economy, and Jesus' teaching, because in researching the book, I discovered that there is very little reliable information that an ordinary person could use in order to make uh, responsible adult decisions. So I did a lot of economic research and uh, political history research and took another look at Jesus' teaching, and so that's the substance of that book. Well, how fascinating have you found it in researching for books like this? You know, an argument for a lot of people that how relevant the Bible continues to be 2,000 years, 3,000 years, even further in the Old Testament after it was written. I mean, you know, how interesting is that to, to find, you know, uh, the Bible still applicable today? Um, absolutely. If I, if I may, uh, give the impact that Reverend has. So his book is at our coffee shop, um, and what appealed to me is— Two, two things as I went to, and my wife and I are rereading the book for the second time right now, is the front page that 
puts the focus on what we are as a nation. Um, and hopefully I get a chance to read the We the People sentence at the, at the end of this. But his, the front third of his book is one of the densest historical condensations uh, that I've read, like single paragraphs that describe the history of how we came together to be the nation we are. Um, and that, in a spiritual context, uh, what he did in the later two-thirds of the book, it's taking the Bible directly from things that Jesus actually said, which aren't necessarily the same as the books that interpret him. Mm-hmm. And that that completely changed uh, my, because uh, most of what he says is amazing, uh, but how he's interpreted is often not. See, one of the, one of the things I, I want to, thanks, Paul, I do appreciate that. One of the things I discovered that is something that's been like bothering me for decades as a, as a pastor was that I, there's something I felt like, and this is, this is going to be controversial, maybe, uh, what I discovered was that the church has never focused on Jesus' teaching. And Jesus said that his teaching is what we should focus on. So I focused on his teaching, and I discovered principles there that are very commensurate with uh, with idealism, morality, and ethics, and that those are the things that are written into the preamble of our Constitution. And in all the years of schooling that I've had, I've never heard an explanation of the importance of the preamble, nor have I heard an explanation of the importance of Jesus' teaching as a way of life. And for myself, I discovered that they're not in opposition at all, that in fact Jesus' teaching could be interpreted as being supportive of the ideals in our, in our preamble and vice versa. So there was a, an integration of levels of values and thoughts that I had never been taught. Uh, and I sort of sensed they were there, but so I decided to take a look, and that's what I found, that the idealism and morality and ethics and humanism that's in our human nature are supported and magnified by the preamble to the Constitution plus what I call mixed economic theory and Jesus' teaching. And uh, I was stunned and decided to write it down. So our guests this morning, uh, Reverend Bob Emmerich and uh, Paul Johansson from Berkeley Springs, uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneur there. So Reverend Bob, whenever you talk about Jesus' teaching, uh, I, you know, I, I guess I'm curious can you distill that down in in terms of a, a radio interview and the unfortunately the time that we uh, you know have allotted? You know what does he want us to do? What is the solid ground? You know, is yeah. it basically love one another and just respect people? Um, what what have you found? Well, that's that's the gist of it. But it it turns out that there are five principles. Uh, one is to love God. In other words, to have a positive attitude toward creation and the universe that we live in. Uh, love the neighbor as we love ourselves. So that means I want, I'm, I'm just as concerned about the neighbor's well-being as I am about my own. And then he said we should treat each other the way we would like to be treated, not the way we are treated, but the way we would like to be treated. And that we should 
try to make heaven on earth instead of trying to get to heaven after earth that the principle is to bring heaven down to earth so that earth becomes like heaven and he said love is the way to do that uh that we love one another as he has loved us and when we do that we can create the best possible life for everyone it's an inclusive and comprehensive view of life and society and as individuals but he said the most important factor in human experience to bring that about is love not reasoning not righteousness not the law not greed not uh, materialism but love is the way to fulfill uh, the best possibilities in human life so Reverend Bob, uh, in this hypercharged political season that we're in, what if I don't like the person I'm supposed to love? Well, you don't have to like them. Uh, you know, I love a lot of people that I don't like at all. And what that means is that I'm not, you know, in love with them. I'm not, you know, it's not like a crush, but it is a genuine concern for their well-being. I want them to be happy, healthy, and whole. And that doesn't mean that they won't change, but it does mean that that is my wish for their life. In other words, I don't want to destroy them. I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to shame or embarrass them. My heartfelt wish is for their well-being as human beings. So that's a different kind of love than what we might normally think of. And we absolutely don't have to like people to have that kind of love for them. Does it also require walking over and trying to put ourselves in their shoes a bit? Because when when the discourse is only highly charged political fractionist, you know, discourse, we sometimes don't remember that folks come about their life views and their worldviews because of their experiences. Exactly. That's that's really important. Uh, my view is that we're born with a body and what I call the soul. Everything else that's in our minds, we learn from our social environments. So that's one of the things that's missing from the current uh, political controversies, is that there's no real understanding of each other's purposes. Like, why do you think that racism is good for human life? There's some sort of a connection there. But we can always we can try to think more about each other's purpose and our own and then ask ourselves if the knowledge and beliefs that we're using will actually accomplish our purpose and we can even critique our purposes to ask whether our purposes are commensurate with uh, general human well-being or whether it's going to cause more division and violence and hatred and if i may um, I've uh, obviously known Reverend Bob for a, for a while here and seen him in an environment where sometimes it's important to point out what's going on in the room or actions that somebody is taking. So my experience is um, he will bring a sense of humor even and a, and a loving sense while he's uh, rather pointedly criticizing a behavior which is doing harm to others. Um, and it's a it's a skill I'd like to acquire for myself because sometimes you do have to point out when somebody is hurting somebody else. Um, that that's been something I've seen that's been inspirational for me. 
We're talking to Paul Johansson and uh, Reverend Bob Emmerich. And uh, Reverend, uh, talking about the book Finding Solid Ground in Politics, the Economy, and Jesus' Teaching. For people that may have had their interest peaked uh, and, and want to pick up a copy of this book for themselves, where do you think would be the best place to find it? Well, I always try to keep a stock at the at the Fairfax, uh, but it's also on Amazon. Uh, uh, and if somebody wants a copy, they can get in touch with me, and I'll just send them one. I, I did not write the book to make money, and in that I have not been disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Goals. <laughs> there are times in life when you're you're not disappointed. <laughs> even even if it's not, but I'll be happy. It's on Amazon. It's in the Fairfax. It, but anybody wants one, they just contact me, and I'll, I'll mail you one. Awesome. Well, uh, Paul and uh, the Reverend as well. Uh, we hope you guys say uh, stay warm and dry today, and uh, we really appreciate you giving us the time this morning. Thank you so much. And I will validate one last thing: as I'm sitting in his apartment, he does have a monastic quality to him. Okay. Oh, all right. I'm all right. <laughs> and, and it, do you have do you have like the uh, thirty seconds to actually read that segment of the preamble? It's one sentence. Sure, yeah, please, please. All right. Um, so, in the context of what the Reverend just said, um, just hear the words which many of us have heard, but maybe forgotten the whole sentence. Uh, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Hmm. And then when I hear it as a purpose, it finally goes, ah, everything else is meant to support these goals. The, uh, the odd thing that I discovered was that this is the only political and economic philosophy that was ever actually voted on by the people of the United States. It's the only legitimate statement of the philosophy of the United States. So all of the current dilemmas and ideologies and beliefs that, are, that we're fighting about are actually non-constitutional. Hmm. That's fascinating. Well, again, gentlemen, thank you very much for giving us the time this morning. Thank you. Hope to come back someday. Absolutely. Stay safe. Thank you. All right. Again, that's uh, Reverend Bob along there with uh, Paul Johansson, friends of the program in a very, very interesting segment. We love to elicit your comments. 304-263-4321. You can text us. We've got a break to take. Uh, We'll get through a pretty busy news cycle and a pretty big announcement that happened in Spring Mills yesterday. We'll also tell you what happened to one particular tire on the station vehicle (laughs) when we return. You're listening to Panhandle Live. You're listening to Panhandle Live on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. Scratch my back with lightning bolts. Welcome back. Panhandle Live, driven by Country Road Siren Auto, as always. Luke Wiggs and Marsha Kowalik with you. And, uh, Marsha, before we talk about what happened uh, in the, the big announcement in Spring Mills yesterday, you know, I'm taking a look at uh, West Virginia 511 as we talked to what, uh, Secretary of State Mac Warner, 68. I saw the the good gracious camera angles from the Hazelton uh, exit, which is uh, in Preston County, right before you go into Maryland. I mean, it is certainly slippery. There's a lot of red there. Yeah, I was gonna say that GPS. Whenever the road is red, that is never good. And of course, we got that note from Morgan County Sheriff Casey Boer that the roads are quote awful in Morgan County. 
Uh, the courthouse is now on a two-hour delay. He says stay off the roads or use caution until it changes. Multiple crashes everywhere, he said. So uh, Morgan County. And, of course, the um, the uh, weather is going to deteriorate west of us even more with the winds coming in. So uh, be mindful of that. And, of course, today here in the listening area, the greater Shenandoah Valley, we're looking to be deluged with rain. Um, Berkeley County Schools have announced that because of road conditions, they had deteriorated uh, suddenly. Uh, that caused issues for general uh, travelers on the road. And out of, out of an abundance of caution, some of their buses uh, have been uh, delayed, diverted. So, um, you know, check with your own school. If you're, if you're expecting someone to come in this afternoon on a particular bus, um, you know, check and make sure that that, that is actually the case. And uh, Frederick County Public Schools in Virginia announced earlier that they are closed. And uh, again, we'll have continued coverage here on WEPM and WCST. Any accidents that you need to know about, we'll let you know. Top of the hour news product that'll play all the way until 6 o'clock. And then our traffic reports will begin in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, for those of you that uh, worried about the commutes coming home, and of course, always a good idea to check West Virginia 511 before you hit the roads uh, and make sure that everything is good to go. But yesterday, we got to go up to Spring Mills, uh, the new Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute and the clinic that opened up. Um, brand new facility, $4 million facility. It, it certainly has all the bells and whistles, Marcia, and we'll hear some sound here in just a couple of moments, but the they continue at WV Medicine to prioritize not having... West Virginia residents have to travel out of right? the state for care. And we're talking about things like stroke, um, you know, cancers of, of the brain, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, memory issues like that, and also um, addiction, Right. which I, I think is an interesting piece because uh, if you read the article uh, that I put into uh, Metro News, it references some of the research that they've done that is groundbreaking uh, into, you know, cravings and, and how to divert addictions. And let's hear some of that sound. Let's start with Dr. Ali Razai, the executive chair of the Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute. And he was one that spoke at the ribbon cutting. He was able to catch up, or Marsha Kavalik, I should say, was able to catch up with him. Yes. I'm with uh, Dr. Razai. Can you give us your uh, title with WVU Medicine? Yes, I'm the executive chair of the Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute. So what does it mean bringing this level of care down to Martinsburg, to the eastern panhandle? It's very important that we provide multidisciplinary, comprehensive care for patients and their families here in Martinsburg, so we're able to deal with the very simple, basic care that we provide for everybody, but also the most advanced care for complex conditions for the spine, stroke, and other areas such as Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and others. So we're very excited about this new facility that brings everybody together from different disciplines, taking care of the patients all in one location. Is this going to be just an adjunct facility for WVU Medicine, or will there be different, more innovative things happening here in the Panhandle? There will be a lot of, uh, first, the mo most important for us is comp comprehensive patient care. So the system that we've developed at the main campus in Morgantown, those standards will be deployed here for world-class patient care. So that's the most important for us. Second, we'll bring new innovations, for example, the use of new technologies for stroke, for people that have a brain clot to retrieve the clot, or have technologies for ultrasound and others. So a lot of new technologies as we develop them 
and standardize them. We'll bring them quickly to our eastern campus. This is a very important region for the Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute. I think some people may be surprised about uh, the role of the RNI in uh, research regarding addiction. Clay Marsh talked about that a little bit. Uh, what can research do in helping folks who are struggling with this? Addiction is a big problem uh, facing um, the, the citizens of West Virginia and also the country. Um, the Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute is developing many new innovations and first-in-the-world studies that is tackling the big problem of addictions as well as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and other neurological conditions. So the uh, 250 specialists working together at the main campus in Morgantown, our goal is to bring these new technologies here to Martinsburg so the patients and their families here can have access to world-class care right here in the facilities in Martinsburg and this new beautiful facility at Spring Mills. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. So that's Dr. Ali Rezai, and let's also hear from Dean Thomas as well, the president and CEO of WVU Medicine and the Berkeley Medical Center, who was also there for the ribbon cutting, and also Marsha Gavalik was able to speak to. I'm speaking with uh, WVU Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center president, Dean Thomas. Welcome in. Thank you for having me. So uh, what does today mean with the ribbon cutting for the RNI here in the Eastern Panhandle? I think what it means is, you know, that we, we can bring all of our neuroscience providers together in one place so they can provide comprehensive care to our patients. It allows us the space to grow and expand our clinical capabilities and really lets our providers work together so that they can care for neuroscience patients in a very seamless way. We talk about neurosciences broadly, but what does this mean to citizens in the Eastern Panhandle? For folks that struggle with with diseases like Parkinson's or stroke or or many other neurological conditions, spine disorders, pain, um, both chronic and acute pain disorders, all of those are things that we can treat now with this kind of space, with the provider complement that we have, working together to treat more more complex um, sorts of uh, problems. How big of a feather in your cap here locally is it that they decided to settle a new RNI here? Well, we have a, a long partnership with RNI um, over the past you know, five or six years and have had um, a smaller site for some of the providers, but the ability to expand and provide comprehensive care in partnership with the RNI is, is really a big step forward. So that was the, the conversations taken from the ribbon-cutting ceremony there in Spring Mills. Uh, got to go up toward the new facility and uh, excellent care coming to the Eastern Panhandle. It was a quick jaunt up there in the station, Van Marsha. It was not a quick jaunt back. Suffered a flat tire on 81. A really rapid f- flat tire. I mean, it completely, it, the, the PSI dropped from 38 to 19 to 11 to 3 to 0 in the span of about six seconds. Yep. So we got to... Uh, uh, experienced the, the pleasures of AAA roadside service, changed the tire, Country Roads Tire and Auto, bought a new one, we're ready to go. How about that? I was um, Didn't wreck the van. I was not helpful at all. The <laughs> only thing I did was pull the van over really far so that you guys wouldn't get run over, and then I... Well, that's key. You Not I getting run out over of the way. Is, a, is a big key. Just stayed out of the way. <laughs> that was my contribution. Well, and we are, are appreciative. Thanks, of course, to Country Roads Tire and Auto, which, of course, is taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville online to at countryroadstire.com today. One more break to take, one more guest to get to before we wrap up the show for a Thursday, or make it a Tuesday. You're listening to Panhandle Live. We're talking about the issues that matter most to you. Now, back to Panhandle Live. 
Welcome back. It's Panhandle Live here on this Tuesday. Luke Woods, Marsha Kavalik hanging out with you. I lied. We've got more guests to come on the show, Marsha. The guests just keep multiplying this out there in the lobby. This is double booking. I'm so sorry. Anyway, joining us right now uh, after a precarious trip over, <laughs> uh, Hedgesville High School students Isabel Smith-Pounds and Peyton Hill. Uh, they're here to talk about an upcoming production, The Yellow Boat. Is that right? Yes, All The right? Yellow Boat. All right. Talk about that. Do you want to explain the plot? <laughs> okay. So this takes place in the 80s. It's a true story about this boy named Medjerman and his family. Um, he has been born with hemophilia, which is a disease where you, your blood does not clot. And as being a child, he gets hurt a lot. So every time he gets hurt, he has to get blood transfusions at the doctor. But the more times he goes, he eventually contracts the HIV virus. Mm. Yeah. So this is a true story. Yeah, his um, dad is actually the author of the play. So it's like in memory of him. And as like a little boy, like it's called the yellow boat because his mother and father used to sing him a lullaby about like three boats that would sail on the water. And he would always say that like he was the yellow boat. So the show is kind of filled with symbolism to like um, basically in his honor. Wow. Okay. So some some students put on like a real feel good musical. <laughs> this is this is a departure. So talk about why did you guys decide to put this one on? So um, I would say that it's also our competition piece. So it's something that like it really catches your eye. But since it's a true story, it's also like it's heartwarming in a sense because the entire show we really just try to use the colors of the bow and tried like drawings throughout of it, it because Benjamin used to always love to draw. So um, the premise is basically just like us trying to like relive that memory through our acting and through our work. And I feel like it's still kind of like a touchy like um story because of the fact that like we're just trying to like relive his memory how big is the cast for this it's only about nine people it's a very small cast so uh you're going to put it on at the at the um theater at the auditorium at hedgesville high school and then it will be part of the regional thespian festival january 27th talk about the locations and and dates and times for both of those so um, our show is being put on at our school, Hedgesville High School, on the 19th and the 20th. The 19th, there's a show at 7 p.m. Oh, wait, no, sorry, the 18th. There's a show at 7 p.m. <laughs> I was p. getting ready to correct my information because I thought, oh, <laughs> yeah, I no, guess so that's right. It's, it's the 18th at 7 p.m. There's no show on the 19th, but there are two shows on the 20th at 1 p.m. and 7 p.m. And then we will also be performing at Jefferson High School sometime in the morning um, on the 27th of January for our competition. And then hopefully again at States in March. <laughs> so the 27th is a Saturday, yes. so that's easy easily accessible by the public. So is that something folks uh, can just make, they have access to, to go to that or? Yes, definitely. Um, I think there's an entry fee, but it's all of the schools in our region that compete at regionals. So there's multiple different shows and multiple different things happening, but um, definitely come out to check the yellow boat. <laughs> Do you think you uh, perform it a little bit differently when you're just in front of people watching as opposed to a competition? I mean, I What's the difference, I guess? Um, we've actually both been in both, like, competition. She was, you student directed, or what mm. did you do? Stage managed. I our stage first, managed the first yeah, one, so and she's then I was in, in the past two. She's been in three. I've been in two. But it's definitely during competition, I feel like you're not as relaxed, obviously. Right. <laughs> you're stressing backstage. But it's still, like, fun once you're on stage because you kind of just go into muscle memory mode and, like, remember everything you're supposed to do. Yeah. But it's definitely a little more high stakes. So <laughs> can you guys talk about your roles in the production specifically then? Because it sounds as though, Peyton, you're double dipping, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been through most sides of both sides, but I'm currently the sound designer. Mm. So I choose the music and the sound effects, and they're all, like, symbolism based on the show and telling the story they're all like authentic through the 80s too I've been trying to make it as accurate as possible and I'm, I'm also a chorus member so I play into the symbolism a lot and I'm also 
Benjamin's best friend's mother, and I'm also like a doctor. Wow. I'm one of the secondary mm. characters, but it's every character is important to the story and the symbolism, so the part doesn't really matter as much. Now for you? Um, I'm also a secondary character, but my name is Joy. I'm basically Benjamin's therapist throughout the show, and um, I constantly say like in the show that like my work is play because I basically play with him in the hospital to try to bring light of the situation because he's just a child, and he's going through all these medical procedures and don't know what's going on. So my job is basically to become like his best friend at the hospital and um, really like teach him how to play and stuff, but I'm also the marketing um, person for our entire show. So that's why I reached out to you guys because I'm also doing a marketing project for regionals on our entire show well done and um so if folks want to know more and support this kind of departure this interesting uh play that you're bringing on how can they find out more information um we have a facebook and an instagram page it's just hedgesville high school theater department and then always you can show up to the previous dates that i mentioned to see the show and learn how to be a part of more things all right very good well uh peyton and isabel as well break a leg if i can say that now and uh (laughs) safe travels getting back to the right don't break a leg today today but thank you guys for coming in thank Thank you you so much (laughs) we'll take a break and uh we'll have one more guest in studio when we return this is pain hit alive you're listening to panhandle live on wepm martinsburg and wcst berkeley springs No tricks this time. Final segment of Panhandle Live. Luke Wiggs and Marsha Kavalik hanging out with you. We'll give way to Hoppy Karchville coming up here in just a couple of moments. But, Marsha, uh, when you think about the cold weather and you spend think about spending a lot of time indoors, we've talked about this already, yes. you think of chili. Chili, absolutely. And uh, what better way to uh, raise money for a great cause than to have a chili cook-off? Joining us in studio, Ali Nazarok from the Jefferson County Relay for Life. And uh, she's going to talk about this yummy fundraiser. Yeah, so... We are so lucky that Corner Connections in Charlestown has sponsored this event. So we're going to have it at their location, which is 119 East Washington Street um, at one o'clock. And then anybody can show up. And for seven dollars, you get to taste all of the amazing (laughs) chili. And so cool. (laughs) You are the judge. So you get to vote for our three categories and all of the proceeds will benefit Jefferson County Relay for Life. So what are the the categories like fire, fire, and (laughs) more fire? What are the categories? Best chili, spiciest, and most unique. Most unique. So has this been done before? Is there a precedent set for the most unique chili? There is a precedent. Jefferson County has done it for years and years, their Relay for Life, but with COVID, you know, there was a little bit of a... Just blew everything up. Right? (laughs) There's a hiatus, so... I wasn't around back then in Jefferson County, so I guess I'm new to it, but I'm curious to what the most unique was. Well, when you think about good chili, I mean, I'd obviously, like you said, people are voting on it, so this isn't any inside information. I mean, uh, what goes into a good bowl of chili for you, then? Are you a... What is it? You're not supposed to put beans in chili, isn't that, that what people that's, say? Why are you trying to start fights? Those people fights? are wrong, but... Yeah, you know. why are you trying to start what, fights? What goes into a good bowl of chili for you? Beans. Uh, go ahead Ellie. see i don't know there's like the classic is always so good when you have like the beans the meat the sour cream the cheese mm. all the good stuff mm-hmm. but i was looking at one that had dr pepper in it so that might be what? mine there you go that kick sounds it up a notch great that sound good? It yeah does it does sound good. so no one steal it <laughs> sweet but if you want to come try it <laughs> so uh obviously this is a fundraiser for relay for for life how yes. long have you been involved with uh with that um, I've been involved in Relay for two years um, through my time at Shepherd University. And lucky for me, Jefferson County and Shepherd have come together. So 
um, now it's Jefferson County Relay for Life presented by Shepherd University. Oh, nice. So we teamed up and our event in April will be with the county and with the university and it will be held at the university. So it's like a great way for the community and the college to come together. And all of this will raise funds to eradicate cancer. Yeah. The American Cancer Society is where the the proceeds will go and they do everything kind of from like start to finish when you hear the words, I have cancer. So they um, do preventative care and research. They provide services like getting you to and from your cancer appointments and overnight stays. If you need that for your treatment, um, they have a 24 hour hotline. Like I could go on and on. (laughs) So that's, it's cool that they kind of do everything and not just, you know, one, one small dose of cancer um, right. research and help and support. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, it, it sounds more importantly than anything, right? That, you know, we talk about, you know, a lot of opportunities for people to give back and in, in, in cancer uh, raising money, like you said, but in this particular instance, it's always nice to see that that money staying specifically in the Eastern Panhandle. It's not going necessarily to a national award, worldwide organization. You can spend money, eat chili and, help your neighbors in a positive way. Yeah, and we also do a lot to honor the cancer survivors in our local area. So we have a ton of events that, like, in February or March, we're going to have a survivor's brunch. We already did a survivor's dinner in February, and then at the event in April, we take a lot of the time to honor the cancer survivors and those who have lost their life to cancer, which, for me, is, like, the most important thing. Um because a lot of my family members have had cancer. So it's a great way for me to think, okay, I get really upset about this a lot. How can I make something positive out of it? That's and a good attitude. Yeah. Let's talk about the chili cook-off again. Reset that. <laughs> the day, the time. And if folks want to take part as a as a chili chef. Yes. Sure. Okay. How does that happen? So if you want to be a chili chef... Um, you can go to the Relay for Life of Jefferson County Facebook page and on the Chili Cook-Off event, um, there is a link of sign up here to, you know, <laughs> enter the contest and cook your chili. Um, or you can also just like message our Facebook page and I can write you down. And then in order to show up, you, all you have to do is go to the door, um, 119 East Washington Street in Charlestown, cor- that's Corner Connections. At one o'clock to three o'clock Saturday, January twentieth. Right, very good. You mentioned the Facebook page. Can you give a the, the shout out the name for that one more time so people can get more information? Yeah, I believe it is just Jefferson County, West Virginia Relay for Life. All right, very good. Well, we appreciate you giving us the time this morning, uh, and I hope you get to have a couple of bites of that uh, Dr. <laughs> Absolutely, <Pepper Dillon. laughs> that sounds yeah. cool. Thank you. <laughs> Well, uh, that's going to do it for us today. If you missed any or part of the show, we're going to post this coming up in just a couple of moments in our Panhandle News Network Spotify. Stay tuned. We've got Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchival at the top of the hour. For Marsh Kavalik, I've been Luke Wiggs. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Words went on even worse, but started out a joke of a romantic stuck to my tongue. Way down with words too overdramatic. Tonight is a cat get much worse. Worse no one should ever feel like I'm too quarters and a heart down, and I don't want to forget WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.